Welcome to episode five of our mini series on team building. Now there is no simple answer to repairing a broken team. And in this episode, I talk about trust and how it is essential to every team's longevity. How do you repair a broken team? Oh, glue, sellotape. <laughs> I think first and foremost, we have to understand like, what do we mean by broken? What's broken, right? I think usually it is trust that's broken in a team. Think about the time when it's when you've left an organization or a team has fallen apart, someone's been fired. It's because trust has been lost, because the actions that they've taken, the things that they've done, have shown them to be somebody different to who you thought they were or somebody in which you don't want to be in your organization. I stood on in the playground recently and spoke to a a father, one of the, the my one of the children in my son's class, and he said, "I'm just left an organisation that I've been with for eight years, and I'm the next person to leave because of that asshole." He said that guy, who just nobody trusts. He was just like a you know a toddler. The way he acted, the way he would blow up, and for me that is like. Behaviors are one thing, but the behaviors people can tolerate to some degree if you've got built up trust and relationship with someone, because we can attribute them to being out of characteristic. But this guy had become that that type of behavior had been had become a almost a form of integrity, <laughs> but ultimately underpinning that was a loss of a loss of trust in the individual. So, how do you fix that? Go look at why why it's broken and understand what are the process you need to go through. And usually that's going to mean a um, change of personnel, um, particularly if something needs to happen quick, relatively quickly, because it can be a real, if you've got a group of individuals, rebuilding trust with a group of individuals can be very difficult. And it requires that those group of individuals want to do it. And usually in the corporate world, in a professional world, we don't really feel a need to stick around that much. But say you're in an organization like a purpose-driven business where maybe you're doing charity work or um, everybody's locked in for some other reason that's, that supersedes the individual need and everybody wants to commit to it, then I would say get a fantastic coach, get somebody who's able to hold open the the space so that a conversation can take place that is candid and open and that they can start to re-establish a dialogue which is based in trust and then i'm going to use one word everybody needs to have courage courage to take action courage to turn up courage to share their thoughts and feelings and be humble enough to accept when they've done something wrong be resilient enough to put those pains aside and get on with the job I like that one because it kind of reminds me of the the Sheila Heen um, difficult conversations one, you know, where she was saying that um, at times it's when people interpret the other person's intentions as something negatively. So it's that again, it's that loss of trust that their intentions are are good towards them, and because they sort of put this meaning on top of that, where it's like oh, well, you intended to hurt me or you intended to sabotage my career or whatever. 
And it's that loss of trust that actually maybe they weren't intending that at all. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of this principle that sort of speaks to that? It's that we often misattribute malice or misintent to a situation when generally it could just be incompetence of the individual, you know? And and I think this this most people will know this plays out in the playground, you know, or in the school gate. It's like that parent didn't do that thing I thought they were gonna do, or they sent that message in the WhatsApp group and that's a really wanky thing to do. Yeah. I think they're a horrible person and they're obviously meant to me meant to to make me feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> but actually they were probably just in a rush, maybe aren't very good in a text format. And so the malice that we infer from the action is actually just a bit of incompetence or neglect of attention in the moment. So uh, Hanlon's razor, I think is a great model to consider these things by. So if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe or leave a review on wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us. So thank you very much. We also have a newsletter on our website, talentequals.com, so you can keep up to date with all of the things we're doing here at Talent Equals and the amazing guests that we have coming up this year.